we take on Lex Luger and the Giant, just so you know, Hulk Hogan, we coming for you! And that was the beginning of the downfall of Hulkamania all those years ago. Gotta bring in my main man, the man of a thousand matches, KB, at KB's hey. Wrestling Reviews. Yeah. Man... Where where else can we start? I mean, we're gonna oh, do man. a review of uh, the Rico and Billy and Chuck segment from yeah. SmackDown from 2006. You gotta and get then that we'll go through uh, Thursday Thunder okay. from we No, be... I, <laughs> the Hulkster. <laughs> where do you? Start what do on you this? even say about this? I man. Uh, so for any of you who do not know, and we will not repeat the exact verbiage of the situation um, that went down with Hulk Hogan because it's some very naughty uh, mean language that was used by Hulk Hogan but there was a tape that was recorded which by the way if you want the shittiest fucking friends in the world Bubba the Love Splooge and fucking Heather Clam or whatever her fucking name is are fucking tops of the pops because goddamn, his friendship with them has brought him all bad. All bad. But anyways, apparently his two friends, I quote-unquote say that, um, ex-friends, about eight years ago, recorded a conversation that they were having with the immortal Hulk Hogan, where he um, uses uh, a disparaging term referring to African Americans um, repeatedly. And with quite a bit of uh, venom behind it. Uh, now, like I said, we're not going to repeat it, but it's not hard to find out there. Um, and so the WWE has... Now, I haven't gone looking to like confirm or deny this, but I read in some places that they were like giving him the Benoit treatment. Like, not just... They, weren't, they didn't just fire him. They fired him, but they're also... I heard they're pulling network content, and they're... You know, pulling any and all mention, well, any and all association with him over these over this re- these remarks. Well, the Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling section's already off the network because well, I check that every that's day. Of a course, fucking travesty. Yeah. Um, the thing is, people talk about how this is the end of Hulkamania. Hulkamania has been ended apparently about seventy-four times now over the years. Yeah. And shockingly enough, it keeps coming back because the biggest star in the history of wrestling keeps getting is more than enough of a draw eventually because people are freaking out right now and then a couple of, a couple of months are going to pass and then we'll really see what the what the real stance on Hogan is um, I mean don't get me wrong it's horrible what he said I don't think anyone's going to question that and if they do question it I have no idea why I'd be listening to that person Yeah. Uh, but um, when you look at it Steve Austin beat up his wife he did uh, Jimmy Snuka might have murdered someone. Uh, it's a little more than might. I mean, <laughs> yeah, most yeah. likely. Uh, but and, and, and as bad as it was, Hogan said something. That's a big line, uh, a big, very, a very dividing line. He said something. Now he said something awful, but he said something. Okay. That's a very big difference between taking your fist or whatever. Snooker might have used and mm-hmm. attacking someone. Yeah, 
and they still associate with those people. Right. Those uh, are two very different things. Now, obviously, right now, there's various other issues going on in the world that are... It makes it a, an even worse thing right now. Yeah, but very poor ten, timing. Yeah. The, the thing yeah. about it that I... The only thing I will say... The only thing I will say that even approaches, you know, in defense of Hulk Hogan is... I just think it sucks that something he said when he was at the lowest point of his life eight years ago is gonna screw him and bring him down now. Now, but what you also have to have to consider in this situation is, um, see me listening to the comments and just knowing, you know, the era that Hulk Hogan's from, I don't necessarily think that he's an actual full-blown uh, racist who hates black people. I think he's just a fucking moron and ignorant as fuck. That's you know what I mean. Like I don't. I don't yeah, yeah, I could easily see that. Um, and but that doesn't excuse anything at all. But I just I don't. It, and it, and it sucks that you know he just said something. I don't think he hates black people. I think he just said something hateful at the time. Because, you know, like, you know, he was having a shitty time, he was betrayed yeah. by his kids and his wife and whatever. I'm not saying yeah. to feel bad for him. You can't say hateful shit like that. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. And, um, you can't prol proliferate feelings like that which encourage hate from others. You can't do it, and the WWE had no option whatsoever no, in this situation with be a star and their anti-hate movements and all that those things they hadn't there was there was he left them no option there was no option other than to move on and completely disassociate themselves um from him right yeah um it, it's like you said it was a very bad time for him i mean no way trying to defend what he said but it was a bad time for him and Obviously, he didn't know he was being taped. Uh, now, again, that doesn't excuse anything, but it comes off like he thought he was in the company of people that he trusted, and just was. It sounded more like he was venting than anything else. Yeah, and just and being. I, an I am sure yeah. that at some point in your life, you have vented about something and said something stupid that you didn't mean in the heat of the moment. I've done it too. Everyone's done it. Um, now, the problem is we're not uh, national pop culture icons like he is. Not yet. And well, that's true. And no one's really going to pay much attention First to it. First of all, because... motherfucker, the Wrestling Wars podcast is a worldwide establishment. People in fucking New Zealand listen to my show. So, there. But it, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Anyways, Thank continue. You. Continue. Anyway, <laughs> in this little world that you live in. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, 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 like you said, I agree that it does come off like he was just venting. It doesn't come... He's not Dick Murdoch, who was a full-on member of the KKK. Yeah. It's not that. It comes off like, like you said, he was having a bad moment and vented about it, and Brooke Hogan and whoever the guy is happened to be on his mind at the time. It, it came off like that to me. Um, he, I mean, his apology, as, as much as you can believe a celebrity apology, it seemed... Well, especially Hulk Hogan, who is... Yeah, fucking... I, I'm, I'm still, con I'm not entirely convinced that his One of the biggest liars in the history of Earth. He ain't, he ain't sorry about what he said. He's sorry that he got fucking recorded. <laughs> I'll buy that. I'll buy that. And people found out about it. Yeah, I'll buy that. Um, but it's, it, I, I think this is, a lot of this is gonna blow over. 
I really do. I think it's going to be one of those things where six months from now, we'll you'll see Hogan around. I don't know if you'll see him on Raw, but I think you'll see him just like you know, you'll see him on the network. You might see a special about him, something like that. He's too big of a deal to completely erase. I mean, the comparisons to Benoit are ridiculous. Oh, completely. I, I mean, it's just like I said, you know, people. He's going to come back, and people are going, "Oh, you employ a racist." Like I said, I don't think he is a card-carrying fucking racist who would like right. to wipe black people off the face of the earth. I think he's he's from Florida. He's, you know, he's a fucking ignorant, prejudiced fucking moron. Like, you know, and if you... I don't know if he's too old to be wised up, you know, to give him, you know, put him in some sort of training or class of sensitivity to be like, hey, dumbass, like, you can't just say shit like that. You can't... You right. can't keep har- harboring these prejudices in the year 2015. Like you got to get over that shit. Um, right. It's he'll be Hogan will be back at some point. I, I don't think that's really a secret. He'll he'll go away for a while. He'll lay low, and then eventually WWE will say, you know what? It it looks like you've been punished enough. If you want, we can put you like on I don't know a DVD or something. And then they'll probably... I mean, because the other thing is, Hogan's getting up there in years. I mean, yeah. he's he's my dad's age. My dad... He'll, Hogan is, uh, I think, 62 next month. Okay. So, I mean, in three or four more years, how long can Hogan stay in the great shape he's in? He might not want to be on TV again. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, there's going to come a point and, where well, you... Well, you know, you go to these days with the, with the 24-hour news cycle. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody will be talking about something else by, by Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's that's true. I, I don't mean, think it's the last we've seen of him, but I don't think so either. You can't. Uh... I mean, again, he said <clears throat> something stupid when he was at a low point in his life. He yep. didn't. He didn't beat someone half to death, and it, it, it's like I said earlier. It's with everything that else is going on in this country. This is a very sensitive issue right now. Absolutely. And, and, and should be, because there are issues. Yeah, absolutely. There are still, you know, especially in, uh, not to be offensive to your particular area, but there still is, especially in the South, a lot of, oh, a yeah. lot of these issues that still are very prevalent on a day-to-day basis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it exists, and it sucks. But it's the world I live in for reasons that I still can't fathom. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think he's going to be fine. I, he will be back. Right now, it's, what, like two days since the story broke? Mm-hmm. We're still right in the middle of it. It's already died down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to keep dying down. I mean, yeah, he's going to be off tough enough, which right now is probably a good thing. As I don't think anybody I, will notice. That. For somebody to notice the difference, people have to be actually watching that fucking show. <laughs> I don't think uh, anybody is. The rankings are tanking for it, so. I don't even watch it, and I'll watch anything. Yeah. You know, it's... Hogan's going to be fine. In many years, if he can pull his fucking head out of his ass and yeah. figure out what a fucking dipshit thing to say and think that that was. Yeah. Speaking of dipshits, you know what? I <laughs> This stuff, I almost hope that TNA... Well, the fact that they've been dying for 12 fucking years now, I, 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 start, I start to feel like, you know, after the nuclear apocalypse or the asteroid hits the earth and they say only the roaches will will survive the roaches will survive that yeah. i get a feeling that like the the roaches will be main eventing the next episode of tna impact as after dixie the carter, armageddon after as the dixie armageddon carter sent, as dixie carter sends out messages saying 
don't worry, darling. Yep. Everything's fine. She'll say that when the asteroid is about to hit the Earth. And yeah. then, somehow, some way, there will be roaches main eventing the next episode of TNA Impact. And Brent, and Brent simply and Bram, will not fucking go away, no matter and what. Bram will have, and Bram will have signed a new multi-year contract, because that's <laughs> what he does. So I hope that that does happen. I hope they keep going, because they provide us with our weekly, oh, our weekly comedy segment of the this program. They're our job security. They really are. There's two pieces of hilarity this week coming out of TNA. The first one being, you know what? You know what I like about Dixie Carter? What do you like about Dixie Is that when there's a fucking business problem facing her, she will figure out a way to attack it right at the fucking nose and figure out how to solve it. She's like, you know what? We're having real bad problems with paying our wrestlers on time with their monthly checks, so I, we're going to have to solve that problem. And you know how we're going to solve it? <sighs> By making it so they don't get monthly checks anymore. <laughs> they have dropped the downside guarantee part of their contracts out of the agreements. Now, what that means out there for the uninitiated... The majority of wrestlers, ever since uh, the WCW uh, late 90s era, they get a contract, a guaranteed contract, a downside guarantee, where no matter what, they get paid X per month, whether it be, um, you know, three grand, five grand, whatever it is. When back once upon a time, and for like indie shows, they do... um, a per appearance uh, payment where when a wrestler is used on the show or is on the card uh, they get paid and then sometimes a, there's a percentage of the gate they also get paid um, usually that's just for bigger names yeah um, so TNA has dropped the monthly guarantees out of all contracts and now the wrestlers will just be paid on a per appearance basis which is kind of which is even furthermore fucked up with the fact that the TNA doesn't allow the wrestlers to really appear on a whole lot of other shows out there. They're going to have to now. So they're, are they basically tying these guys' hands and saying, you're not going to be able to make a living working for us, so don't right. be with us anymore. Not to mention, given how infrequently they tape on a per-appearance basis, I mean, they tape, what, once a, once every month or two at this point? Yeah, well... <laughs> at this point, <laughs> in two months, they probably won't be... Yeah, I mean they won't have a fucking show to be taping. Well, you keep hearing about these international tapings that they have. Um, I'm gonna go on a limb and say WCW had some international taping contracts too, and they went under. You know, I mean, just uh, that that seems to be their saving grace. I don't really see it saving much. If I mean, yeah, it's cool that they're big in England. England is not quite as big as America. Not quite. Uh, I got a feeling they're gonna get more money in America. Uh, I mean, I don't know how how many fans are going to have in America. I don't know how many fans they have now, but um, it's I'm really stretching to wonder what um, to figure out what they have that would make a wrestler want to come there. I mean, that they you might get used every couple of weeks if you're lucky. You're not getting you a regular get, paycheck. You can't no. guarantee that you're going to be on TV, national TV anymore right. after this week. At this point, they're getting lower than Lucha Underground. And it's, I mean, Lucha Underground, at least you're guaranteed to be on TV most of the time, at least. I mean, it, there, I'd be, I'd bet on Lucha Underground's future more than I would TNA. 
I would bet on a lot of fucking things future. That better. I, I would bet on the uh, pizza that my wife cooked her. I would bet on its future better more than I would fucking TNA's future right yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, we're we're at a point now where, I kid you not, OVW is looking like a more secure future than TNA, and OVW is the last one of the last true indie de- uh, territory. Yeah, territory. Yeah. Hey, OVW is a better fucking shout than TNA because OVW's been around for like goddamn 100 years and continues yeah. to be around. So, 95, I think. Yeah, so, uh, shit, whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. They still run TV every week. You know, that's better than you can say for, uh, for TNA. They got 500 fans that pay to be there. <laughs> Unlike TNA. Something yeah. TNA can't fucking say. Speaking of things that TNA cannot say, it can't say that it has an authority figure anymore because okay. they have provided us with a double shot this week on our weekly LOL TNA segment. Uh, I don't know what the fuck happened here. I would love... I don't know if you've seen any more details on what the hell happened. Um, was it just one week ago? Because God goodness fucking knows I don't watch the show. But... Wasn't it just like one week ago that Bully Ray was introduced as the new authority figure? Yeah. Was he, it one um, week ago or was it two? There's been um well, he was he debuted I think two weeks ago, then he wasn't on the next week's show mm-hmm. because of the Hernandez deal. <laughs> which that's another one that we could cover. Um and uh then I think I don't think so I think he's he missed that last show, so he was two weeks ago, I think. Well, guess what? Everybody Bully Ray has officially severed ties with TNA and will no longer be on the program. Two weeks after starting up a new major angle where he's the new authority figure of TNA, he now no longer is going to be there anymore. Now, I know that the TNA, the Dixie Cups, the TNA apologists out there are going to say, well, well, you know, people have been saying that TNA's dying for ten years and... Uh, this and yet, but they are really fucking taking on water right now. Like, yeah, these are massive blows. Like that was the major angle you had going, and now Bully Ray is fucking gone. That was yeah. the major and the fact that you have to re-edit your shows all the time because the pay-per-view and the TV shows are all fucking out of order. They had to cut guaranteed contracts away from people. Their fucking TV show is gonna get canceled in September. I mean. If you're going down a checklist of things that are going to fucking destroy a wrestling company, they're yeah. pretty much checking every box right now. Yeah. So, I don't know how this can keep from sinking before well, I, the year is out. And on top of that, they're already calling out Donald Trump. That's a, that's one of those things where it's just like, what am I watching at this point? Um, yeah, I don't know if you saw Tigre Uno, the X-Division champion from Mexico called out Donald Trump and wants him to come to the impact zone. Oh, I'm sure that'll happen. Please believe. <laughs> Listen here, son. Donald Trump could fucking buy the impact zone. <laughs> you wish that he would come down there so that Dixie could make a fucking sales pitch to him and try to sell the fucking company to his ass. Because <laughs> they're not getting no money out of it. Well, the best part is they want him to appear on a show they taped a month ago. That's the best part of it. So it's, it. it's as shameless as you can get. It's a, a time machine type situation. Yeah. Um, so then, like you said, it's a checklist right now. There is what is good right now about TNA. Bobby Lashley's a thing. Is is he still there? Well, he was, but his match was cut because of the Hernandez deal. So he hasn't been a thing. Wow, in a while. that's fucking. 
<laughs> Would you have expected anything else? Yeah, no, not not at all, not at all. Um, I mean, you have Ethan Carter the third, so you do have Derek Bateman, who is legitimately awesome. Uh, they are getting Jeff Hardy back next week. Oh right! And, and I mean, if anything fucking, is going to save this company, it's a pop guy, the numbers, baby. It's a guy that used to be a world champion in WWE like eight years ago. Yeah. Or however long it was, like four or five years ago. Uh, you know what, Jeff? I hope it was worth it. Jeff Hardy, I hope that it was worth it. You were the most over babyface mm-hmm. in professional wrestling. Yeah. And then you decided that you couldn't take the road schedule and that you wanted to just do whatever you wanted to do and uh, intake any substances that you would like to intake, uh, which clearly showed up later on in a certain little match with Sting, which was the last time that I watched uh, TNA regularly. Um, I was forced to move on after that particular incident. Um, So I hope it was worth it, Jeff Hardy. Because you yeah, really yeah. probably fucked yourself out a whole out of a whole lot of money. <laughs> and he would have. He was the. He was by far the second biggest star in that company, and it's not even close. Nope. It, I mean, when you're when you're just a step behind Cena, and you're above guys like Orton, that's that's rare air. He would. He would. Uh, I don't know if he would have held it that long. He would have had uh, the Punk spot for a while. Oh yeah. That spot. That that second superhero that Punk had. That's uh, a guy who can't even cut a fucking promo, and he right. was that high, high up there. That shows just because just because he was so fucking over. Yeah, uh, and it was a great story too with him building up to winning the title, and then he was yeah, gone, was. and then he was gone like what nine months later, yeah. ten months later. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, but yeah, he'll be back. Uh, Kurt Angle is having another neck surgery, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, having some medical issues right now. I saw that the other day. Get well, yeah. just get well, Kurt. Yeah, can't wait to we, see you we, in GFW. Yeah. Well, see, that's the other thing. We keep hearing about this invasion angle that's going to come. Is it still an invasion? If I think the invade. Aren't... I think they invaded. I think it's over. I think the invasion yeah. has invaded and the invaders have left. Yeah. Is it still an invasion if everybody on your roster is part of the invaders? Yeah. I. Yeah. Um. I mean, at this point, I mean, who is left to defend TNA's honor? Rockstar Spud, Eric Young, and maybe Ethan Carter. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I you know what? I'm gonna be I'm excited to see Ethan Carter in uh in, in NXT this time next year. It's gonna be awesome. Probably. I mean he, they come in with a great angle too. He can he can keep the name and everything and say, you know, I'm yeah. fucking the nephew of somebody who you put out of business and I'm you know, I'm a champion, I'm I am i am the man and blah 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 blah. NXT does not shy away from uh, no, they don't. from and I love that paying paying reference or homage to other fucking companies. Um, right. So yeah, I can see that happening. It'd be excellent because EC three is excellent. I really I really is. respect his. He's one of the only bright spots that they have right now. It seems that the main bright spots they have are NXT castoffs, and especially if um, well, who knows how this will go? But if Daniel Bryan can get cleared by then. And have a little run down in NXT. Imagine that fucking oh, feud where he comes back and he's, you know, EC3 was this big time, big deal champion. And he comes back and he's all cocky and thinks he's bigger than Daniel Bryan. And you thought you could fucking train me. And I failed because of you. And, you know, because he really did get cut from, from yeah. the, yeah, oh God. Great storyline. Built in storyline. It'll be fun to see after TNA finally goes out of business. Um, yeah. Which apparently is probably not going to happen until you and I are both. Re- long past retired because like you said they're going to be around with cockroaches and Dixie Carter yep. proclaiming that everything is fine darling um, gotta get in the darling everything seems fine well I don't even know if everything does seem fine 
over there for TNA 2.0, which is what I was just told. I had a friendly neighborhood correspondent out there in Las Vegas. See, this is how fucking real this show is. I got correspondents out in yeah. Vegas. I got uh, a pro wrestler in fucking England. I got you down there in Kentucky. I got fucking Ty uh, in whatever fucking random Midwest fucking state he lives in. We're all over the place, baby. This is serious stuff. Uh, I got my correspondent, Project Pat, out there in Las Vegas. Um, he went to the illustrious GFW Amped first taping of the TV program the other night. He sent me an extensive, extensive report. First thing I'm going to say, Patrick, is... I do not need a uh, uh, blow-by-blow, play-by-play of what's happening in the ring. You don't have to put that much effort into it next time. All I want to know is the show, how did it feel, what, how were people over, what's the direction of the program, da-da-da-da-da, and which he did give me that as well. Mm-hmm. And the direction appears to be towards your nearest dumpster, from what I can tell. Basically, from the pictures that he sent me, from the description that he gave me, we are looking at... TNA, but with a lower budget. How is that possible? Um, now, I guess, the pictures that I saw from what he said, the arena, and their actual arena, looked pretty decent. Um, there was about between 1,800 and 2,200 people there. Not bad. Could be worse. Um, the the pictures that I saw, it looked like they had it set up pretty well uh, as far as um, as far as the way it's gonna look on tape as far as the crowd goes because they had the the upper deck was dark, but the lower deck from what you're going to see on camera looks like it's completely full. Now this is with having uh, the entire hard camera half of the arena be completely empty from what uh. I can see, but you probably won't see that really on camera. So, good for them on that. Um, yeah. He said that the lighting, rigging, stage, um, like I said, looked like a low-rent TNA. Like, there was no there was no screen. There was no video screen. Um, there was just a stage with some, some lights. Um, Four-camera set up, which I don't... I, you know, I'm cool with that, actually. Um, I don't really... I, I don't need a thousand fucking camera angles. I mean... The old uh, old school WCW was was good with me with one camera uh, floating around the ring and then one stationary one hard camera up the top. Yeah, um, I could roll with that all day. Uh, but just the uh, yeah looked like a low pro TNA um, as far as that's like how the show felt too. All the big stars on it are obviously guys who were just on Impact a couple weeks ago. Um, sounded like there was a lot of um, young upcoming indie talent that nobody had ever seen or heard of before, which, while that's cool because you're getting fresh faces on your TV show, it's also not cool because nobody in the crowd knew who the fuck these guys were, and GFW did not see fit to put on any video packages um, explaining who these people were or why you should be worried about it. Um, So, that's kind of rough. Um... He said that the crowd that was there wanted to be enthusiastic, wanted to be excited about being part of a new thing, but the the crowd, the the company and the stuff that they were seeing just would just was not giving them a reason to be. 
because um, like I said, they didn't know who the guys were. Um, most of the stuff was pretty basic promos, uh, a couple of fuck finishes. Um, they're still trying to play up the the invasion thing, where I guess Bobby Roode came out to huge pop and immediately turned heel, saying um, that Jeff Jarrett's company was a two-bit piece of shit, and uh, you know he stole all these guys away from a real company in TNA. Um, if I was GFW, I that's what sucks too. Like, why after all the damage that has been done to Impact and all the dragging through the fucking slow, painful death, why would you even want any of that stink on you? Like, why would you even acknowledge that place? I don't know. It, it's it, like you, it, TNA has has spent way more time dying than they have been being successful. And why would you want that? And you come right out of the gates with your new program. And not only are you building it on the backs of TNA stars, you don't promote who the non-TNA stars are and why anybody should care about them. And you're constantly referencing fucking TNA. Like, that's even necessary. Like, why would you you distance yourself as much as possible from that shit? It's bad enough enough. you still got the six-sided ring. Like, that automatically just screams, you know, not mainstream American wrestling vis-a-vis connected with fucking TNA because that's the only other major American wrestling company that Lucha fucking Underground which is a (laughs) subsidy of Triple A doesn't even have a six-sided ring so why the fuck would you? The only other company that it's associated with is TNA so you use main TNA stars who mention TNA who are wrestling in what appears to be a TNA ring with fucking lime green ropes what the fuck? Ah. I had you such high it. hopes for this. Nobody in nobody in the world had more besides Jeff Jarrett probably yeah. had more fucking high hopes for this thing when it was announced than me a year ago. And it's I'm going to be very interested to see what the crowd looks like for the second TV taping. Assuming there is one. Well, they already booked the building. Yeah, I guess they yeah, got oh, the tickets yeah, on sale. Yeah, I forgot about that. Because um, I know they said like the tournament finals are all going to be held at X date, whatever that is. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, good on them. I mean, now to be fair, it is their first TV taping. That that has to be emphasized. You have to give them a little bit more than just like one or two shows to really get everything down. I'm not saying that they're gonna all of a sudden be like topping the border war or anything, but I would be interested to see where they go from here. Um, I mean, they, they haven't even. This is still the very early preliminary stages of whatever they could be doing. And maybe they have some stuff edited in um, in uh, in the production. Like like yeah. video packages yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Because TNA does that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not... That's certainly not out of the question. Um, now, that being said, like you said, you got to know who these people are. I mean, I was looking through some of the names. I recognized some of the names from like six or seven years ago on the indie scene. Uh, so these guys, like, I know they have a team called, uh, Phoenix Star and Zorky. Okay. They're, uh, a luchador tag team, and, uh, I think they used to be, I think they were the NWA tag team champions for a while. Well, that's, that's the thing, though. You don't count. You're fucking... Right. You are a, a paid wrestling person. Like... Yeah. The general public you're trying to put on a TV show for... Is, has no fucking idea who any of these people are. Right. And a oh, lot I of know. people at that major metropolitan fucking area, you couldn't sell more than 2,000 goddamn tickets in. They also did not fucking know who any of these people are. So, well, I mean, what the fuck? 
that is the extent of what I know about them. Their names are Phoenix Star and Zorky. They are a luchador tag team. That's pretty much the extent of my knowledge of them. That's not much to go on. So I'm hoping that they have just like, I mean, maybe a package of stuff they've done, like some cool yeah, dives yeah, or something. Because yeah, yeah. you don't need much to get a high-flying tag team over. Just have them go out there and, like, fly. <sighs> Please. Please, GFW. Please move away from, from anything TNA-associated as quickly as possible. Why? That just boggles the mind. It boggles the mind. Why on earth a, a, a brand that is so synonymous with failure you would want to be attached to them or reference that you're somewhat similar to them in any way, shape, form, or fashion, or do anything even close to the same as them. I think they somehow. I think they somehow believe that TNA is still enough of a success that there's value in hooking up with them. I mean, it, I, I know I used this line earlier. They would have been better off associating with something like OVW or I don't know. Associate PW. with nothing. Lucha Underground. Yeah, there you go. Is for what it is, very successful because they weren't associated with anything. They came out because I watched the first episode. I think the first two episodes. I haven't watched it since because, yeah. But it's successful for what it is, and people it gets pretty good reviews. And yeah. what I did see of it is that they came right out of the gate and they were like, "We are not like anything else. We are Lucha Underground. We are our own thing. Watch us for what we are." And then they proceeded to show everybody what they are. You you know they counted on the the real great spectacular wrestling match for their main event. They had the women really mixed in. Um, they had the backstage vignettes. They did this whole thing to show. This is what we are. Don't associate with anything else. Let us be judged on what we are and what we're trying to do. And yeah. uh, from a viewer standpoint, everybody who I know who watches it fucking loves it. So if you're GFW and you're this new thing and there's this niche, there's this ability out there to where you can, uh, to where you can be the number two or number two point five company in the in America. Why wouldn't you come out and say, hey, this is what we are. This is how we do things. We're not like uh, this league or that league or anything else. Don't associate it with anything else. We're doing our thing. And then go from there and attack the niche audiences that you think that you can attack with it. But that's but not it, what we're it getting. Basically, it, it, it comes off very much like like when uh, TNA started as a member of the NWA, a very dead brand that... Well, it used to be cool a long time ago. Yeah, TNA did too, and it seems like they're doing the exact same thing. And I don't know who thought that was a good idea. I mean, because it worked wonders for TNA. Yeah. But, I mean, just... Maybe it will work out. I mean, it worked out for a while for TNA. Once they finally just let their re let the wrestling speak for itself, that's, a good, that's always a good sign, but... I don't know, just with, with... Maybe the TV show is better than it sounds. That wouldn't be the first time. Mm -hmm. Certainly wouldn't be. Um, I mean, with like you said, with Lucha Underground, with the backstage vignettes that are so popular, those aren't shown to the live crowd. They're yep. put in, in yep. post. So maybe TNA, maybe Global Force is doing that. Um, I'd be glad if they did, because you got to have some backstage stuff just to, to let the fans know what's going on. Uh, it is a common practice, of course, not to show those to the live crowd. I've never really understood why. But, um, I mean, other than WWE, I don't think anybody shows them the live crowd. Mm -hmm. um, at, least they're not, at least they're not employing Vince Russo. 
for now. That's a thing. Um, that's the, the the biggest hope that I can have for them is like I hope, I hope that they can generate some dollars with this. Yeah. Maybe get a TV show, and then bring in, bring in, possibly a Jim Ross. Um, get consultation from Jim Ross. Get consultation from Jim Cornette. They can, yeah. you know, I, I hope that they can bring in more minds to help write and produce and figure out the direction of the brand because yeah, there are minds out there that know what that know how to get basic stuff. Like I know Cornette should never be the long term answer to anything. He is exceptionally good at getting a basic story out there. Yeah, and that's what I say. That, if he was just a basic strength. creative consultant, I think that'd be fucking fantastic. Yeah. And I think that Global Force could be good if, if with the right time and with some circumstances. Well, going because well. like we've always said, TNA's problem is not the roster. No, it ain't it's the never roster. Been. No, they have very good wrestlers. Um, yeah. It's just everything it's else that's around them. So I hope yeah. that GFW can figure out what their flavor is, push forward, get some good people in there to run the business side, and keep bringing over more talented guys to the roster. Um, I just, I just hope that can be the, the, the final outcome of of that I mean, enterprise. Jarrett's a, a fine mind in his own right. He very much is. You know, I mean, I'm not wild on seeing him in the ring that often. He, he can wrestle a good match when he has to, but I don't know how many people have ever actually paid their money to see Jeff Jarrett. Um, but he's fine for, a, for like, a, a, like the legend kind of guy that will come out and yep. beat up some young punk every now and then, guitaring or something. Uh, but, you know, like, just get get something going. And, again, we've seen one TV taping. Having an actual champion and, like, titles and stories you can build off will help them a lot. Cause yeah, they yeah, something. And the good thing is they do have those scheduled. It's not like it's going to be six months from now. It's going to be a couple more weeks. Yeah. That'll help them a ton. They'll have an actual story to build to. They can build up some drama and stuff like that. Because... This whole thing, at the beginning, you have to have something to get you noticed. And a good wrestling could be it, good stories, an exciting match, something like that. You just need something to get people's attention. I mean, with TNA, it was the X Division. With Lucha Underground, it's all the it's the different way of shooting things. With Ring of Honor, it's the in it's the incredible amount of action you get. Yeah. There if if Global Force can figure out what that is, maybe it's having a, a massive roster uh, from all over the world. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, there, there's enough stuff in there. You might want to tune in and see it. You know, like you have this Australian wrestler and this African wrestler and this Indian wrestler, and you know, so on and so forth. That could be it. I don't know. I mean, you you got to have. You, I, I do think they need more time right now. I think it's too early to tell. I just uh, don't. How, oh yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not going to doom them. I just don't like what I what I heard coming out of. Yeah, the way I'm, the perception I'm, that could be could be twisted. I'm pretty much with you on that. With with seeing, um, there is way too much TNA now. It it's good if it, it's fine if they use it just as a quick springboard and then they dump TNA as hopefully they will. Um, just I mean like use like, I mean uh, countless like immediately. Com- it needs to happen like immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean countless companies have had um, have like used that have used an, uh, another company's title to get their title over. I mean, that's how um, World Wrestling Council got the Universal title going. They had uh, uh, Carlos Colon pin Ric Flair, and then there was a controversial thing, so they made yeah. the they got rid of the NWA title and had their own title. 
So, I mean, maybe it's something like that. Um, just please don't let it be throwing the belt down again, a la Shane Douglas. I'm really hoping that they move past that. Um, it does. It never did anything for me in the first place. Though TNA's title doesn't deserve to be thrown down after a while. Speaking of uh, things that we need to move past, it's a lucky thing. You know what's funny, too, is, is I was going through the archives the other night mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm positive. This sucks so much that it's true. Uh, episode 10 of the Wrestling Wars podcast. It was the Elimination Chamber review. Okay. KB and myself were so we're in such a jovial celebratory mood at the beginning of that podcast. Uh oh. And then I said the words, "I'm really excited now, but I know this means that Kevin Owens is about to lose three straight matches. The final one being by tap out in the center of the ring. I swear on fucking everything that is good. Those were my exact fucking words. And look where we are at now." Yeah. This last Sunday, it's a good thing that we did not record this episode shortly after. I might have broken my microphone. I might have broken your eardrums, everybody out there listening. I have mentally and emotionally moved on a little bit from what happened last week. You know, somebody asked me, you know, how bad did you flip out? What was the body count? How many pieces of furniture did you break when Kevin Owens tapped out the John Cena in one of the most nonsensical fucking finishes to a feud ever um honestly i was just so depressed and disgusted and deflated that i didn't even really get that mad i was just like what the fuck ever like yeah and i think and but you know what though i've had time to kind of get a hold of myself and comes to grips grips with the fact that i think part of it we all owe to ourselves part of the disappointment we owe to ourselves because all of us allowed ourselves to believe that this was going to be different this time like the wwe didn't necessarily do anything different i think we all just saw kevin owens ability and kevin owens's presence and the fact that he's clearly something special and a cut above uh the rest of the roster that we all let ourselves go into mark mode and believe that this was going to be different this time that Owens was going to steamroll Cena or at least have a winning record in the feud take that belt and move on and be the number two um, number one heel in the company we all let ourselves believe that and I think that's where the real venom and fire is coming from that we let ourselves get so excited and get these expectations of what this guy was going to be, and then it's just another Cena beats you twice, too straight, taps you out in the middle of the ring, move on. Yeah, well, see, now, uh, given that I think you and I might be the only two people who watch SmackDown, yeah. um, there was a promo that Owens cut, which I... It, it, it calmed me a little bit on this. He basically said <clears throat> that he tapped out because he wanted to fight another day. Not because Cena beat him, but because he wanted to just fight another day. Yeah. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. that doesn't really make it better, but it does help a little. Hey, well, See, he needs to get on commentary with Cole and JBL and be awesome and be talking shit to Cole and mention that fact. You know, he should come out and do commentary during Cesaro's match on Monday night or something like that and mention it yeah. in front of the larger audience. I mean, if a fucking tree falls on SmackDown, does anybody fucking hear it? Um... 
No. It's kind of a I, shame. I, I, I don't, and I watch the show. Yeah. It might be uh, more interesting. Than I I, the I, I do agree that that was it was a good way to spin it. I just hate that it, that it happened on SmackDown and not on Raw. Yeah. Hopefully, he readdresses it on Raw this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, the more I think about it, I'm still not thrilled with where they went, but I think I can live with it a little bit more. I it would have been a lot better for me if Owens had survived the STF and then gotten pinned by the the Super, the super AA. Yeah. The, yeah, I think that's I think that's where a lot of my anger came from. I don't remember anyone ever kicking out of that. Yeah, no. And then he does, and then like two seconds later, the match just ends yeah. with the STF. We're having like, pass out in the STF. Do something, yeah, that, you know. Uh, it comes off to me as the result of fans just being just starving for somebody new in yeah. there. I mean, now the problem with that is and this is not on him but they did it with Reigns and, and the fans everybody got all poopy about it yeah they, 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 they're doing it with Rollins now and the fans really don't seem to care even though he did cash in at Wrestlemania I don't know if you've known that hey, not, yeah. well people fucking were talking about that yeah yeah, that's that's um, I, funny. I'm glad you're all pissed about that Seth Rollins reign. If if only I would have mentioned something about that right after WrestleMania on this yeah. year's show. Anyways, well, well, there's there's a few more factors to that, but we we'll, many we'll many factors, none of which are Seth Rollins' fault. Right. Um. Uh. But there's, I mean, if you look at how things have gone, just with the divas segments, how it it comes off like something genuinely fresh, and people are eating it up with a spoon. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Stephanie deciding that it's her angle aside. Well, yeah, uh, and I think I'm going to say something sacrilegious here, but <sighs> on the main roster, have the matches really been that much better? No. The Divas match, they really haven't. I mean, they've been better, but nothing... They're not the NXT matches. They're not the NXT matches. They're a slightly upgraded version of your regular main roster women's matches. They just have different people and a different spin put on them. But that just furthermore goes to show your point. People are just so ready for some refreshment, for something new, for some some new people, some new stars, some new ways of looking at things to break through. And so they're eating those segments up. Yeah, and it also helps that these... They have been getting more time, which is going to help more than anything yep, else. Because yep, yep. people get people are are so trained with the divas that they're coming on. Okay, I've got like four minutes to do whatever. Now the divas are getting like ten and twelve minutes, yep. and you can actually. I mean, I know that like someone like Bree or like back in the day, Oksana or somebody had no business going more than two minutes. Yeah, no, not at all. But now, when you have the girls out there that can do this and can put on a long match, it might not be, you know, Cena-Owens, but it's at least, it's more, it's certainly watchable. You know, I mean, the matches haven't have, haven't been bad by any stretch. They haven't been blowing the roof off the place, but I'd be, I'd have no problem watching a, a long Charlotte-Nikki Bella match. You know, I mean, I might get a little bit bored halfway through, but I'm not going to be just screaming for it to end. And that's a, a, a positive sign going forward. If they can get to the point where people aren't just seeing, okay, what else can I do to kill time while this is on, and yeah, say... Yeah. Well, I mean, eh, they're already there, so... Yeah, th- that's a huge step forward. Given where the, where the Divas division was three years ago, this is a miracle. The, well, three months ago. <laughs> yeah, true. The triple threat match was kind of... Since, ladies and gentlemen, yes, we are still on Battleground. Um, it was... 
He was better, and there was some impressive stuff, but me mm. personally, I felt like I could really tell that uh, both Charlotte and Sasha were uh, very nervous, and yeah. there was a very uh, really trying too hard kind mm. of vibe to it where everything just felt like it was moving a thousand miles an hour and didn't really flow naturally. And Yeah. Well, it yeah. didn't help that Stephanie basically said, yeah, they're going to tear the house down. Yeah, that, that that kind of put a. I mean, yeah, they're capable of it, but a lot of that is due to the fact that it's in front of like eight hundred people down in NXT, where they're going to cheer if one of them ties their shoelace. Yeah, and that that'll draw a, this is awesome chant on its own. Uh, I mean, they'll be fine if they're the 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 stars of the division in a couple of months. As soon as we can actually get somewhere with this story, once. AJ's record is broken because you know that's something which even even though I fucking despise the Bellas I still find that I kind of like it I just find it humorous on like a uh, on a on a jackass sort of level that like you know that they're gonna do that just to yeah just to fuck with AJ like I I don't know why I find that funny but (laughs) I kind of do and so WWE's levels of pettiness of of thuggery yeah it's just fucking it it makes me feel like a better human being yeah yeah that might be it um yeah, when the story gets a chance to go somewhere, it'll be better. A story yeah. that is fucking going somewhere, which with what I thought was a fucking pretty spectacular match, personally. Um, and it's weird, because people whose tastes are similar to mine felt the same way. Other people were kind of shrugged their shoulders on it. But I fucking loved the Bray Wyatt-Roman R- Reigns match. Mm. Um, okay, I can go with that. Everybody sold. Uh, every move was fucking impactful, stiff. Um Every everything in that match flowed exactly the way it should, and by that I mean it felt like rage fueled every big hit they laid into each other. And I love that you got the that you got the uh, the Luke Harper interference, and then the next night you have Dean Ambrose come out to back up his uh, brother, and so now it looks like we're going to a, a team clash between them. I love the yeah. match. I love the continuation of the storyline. Everything about it was excellent. Uh, I once they got into the brawl stuff, I loved it. I didn't like the opening couple of moments where Reigns is the story is Reigns is livid at Bray for screwing with his family. Yep, that's fine. That's story works fine. Match starts a minute in. Reigns has a headlock. Yeah, that, kind of that, kind of brings that, you back that, to the old age old fucking. You messed with my family. You broke into my house. You did this. You did fr- that. We're gonna fin. We're gonna finish this with a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the first. Now the match did turn out fine. I thought it was the second best match on the show after uh, Owens Cena. Um, it was a good match. It was a good power brawl by the end. Once they really just started, like you said, hammering each other, it got good. I do love Wyatt inter or um, Harper interfering. That it's one of the only things that's ever worked. Above everything else for me, it gives Wyatt someone to throw at his opponents before he has the big match. Wyatt should be like the final boss of any of anybody yeah. in his feud. It it helps so much having Harper and Rowan to just throw at people or before Harper and Bray, whoever before Bray himself had to finally do it. They said I, that they're, I, can I give you my ultimate? And this isn't even... Like, I don't think this is fan fiction, like, completely out of the realm of possibility. Like, I think I feel like once upon a time in the past, this would have had a totally realistic chance of happening. Um, can I tell you my ultimate scenario that this ends up going down? As long as it doesn't end with Bo Dallas joining the Wyatts. 
Okay, we can segue. We, we can segue off to the side just for a moment on that. I personally think that there's a very creepy, interesting way that they could that they could manipulate that situation if he were to join them and not necessarily take on the beard and the whole thing, but be with them and kind of still do his shtick, but kind of allude to the fact that he, you know, always has hope and always has faith because Bray Wyatt is this, you know what I mean? Like, I, the power that Bray Wyatt has, or that Bray yeah. Wyatt is something more than human. I think that they could inter- they could really manipulate that into a very sinister, uh, eerie kind of way with him, with how glazed over Bo Dallas is and can be. Um, I think that could be really cool. But I, I, I'm just wor- I just have a feeling the fans, as good as the story could be, notwithstanding, I just have a feeling the fans would not accept it and would just rip the thing apart. And that's yeah. that's one of the last thing, one of the last places you want to go to with Wyatt. Because I was so scared when he debuted and the fans chanted Husky Harris at him. Now, thankfully, yeah, that true. died away after that first night. Mm-hmm. But I was so as soon as I heard that chant, I was terrified for the whole thing, and I would be terrified that it would turn into much more about Bo than about the Wyatts, and the Wyatts actually. I, I, the story could work, but I don't think the fans would it, would give it enough of a chance to let it work. So who 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 would you pick to to be the third Wyatt? Oh man, that's a good question. Since um, by the way, let me let's preface this by the, saying that there is that's the rumor, that's the mm-hmm. the underground, you know, behind the scenes that this is going to end up being a six man, which leads yeah. into uh, which leads to my my ultimate idea for what this could be. But anyways. Who, well, go ahead. Who it, do you think the it, third Wyatt could be? Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think it would happen. But in an ideal world, Connor and Victor. Hmm. They have the look. If you just put them as two lost souls who used to have risen above everyone and now need some new guidance. If they were, you know, what's funny is if if they were uh, the old school Ascension, the pre, the pre network Ascension. It would kind of work a little bit. For, yeah. any, for all of you out there, because probably 0% of the people listening to this right now know what I'm talking about right now. Back once upon a time, before NXT was on the network, Connor and Victor weren't Connor and Victor. It was Connor and uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Cameron, Thank and you. then later on, uh, Victor. They were... How should we describe this? Kind of like vampires a little bit. Kind of, but kind of like Matrix vampires? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like vampire, like the brood without the puffy shirts and the blood. They, they, they were the twins from Matrix 2. Yeah, and um, and it was, but it was a very gothic style yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. entrance and uh, otherworldly, and it was fucking awesome. It was a version of the Ascension that's ten times better than um, what it is now, and actually the Ascension's current gimmick grew out of the style that they used to work where they would just beat the shit out of people and then the WWE started to get over as a face act and so the WWE was like hey that's kind of like the Road Warriors let's kind of make them a Road Warriors knockoff and then we are at where we are at now and and let's have Booker and JBL bury the heck out of well, them because a whole we need deal. to but anyways if they were still with that old gothic gimmick that would kind of work a little bit if they joined up with the Wyatts um, I'm not so sure about their current incarnation. What if we're just going three one on three? three? If we're just, three just on one guy, three. just one guy. Oh, mm. 
Well, I mean, given that he would be replacing Eric Rowan, who wasn't exactly the best in-ring worker in the world, what about Baron Corbin? Uh, actually, didn't... Wasn't that reported somewhere? That they were I, thinking about maybe doing that? Vaguely, that might be where I got that from. That does ring a bell. Uh, I don't know how much how much strength there was behind it, but... I, just, move, I, I can see it kind of working, but I also don't see how that helps him. With a finishing move called The End of Days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Though the problem is, it's kind of similar to Sister Abigail. It's that downward spiral kind of move. Yeah, and the gimmick that he has going for him down there that they're developing is really... I really like it. I think it's really starting to work for him as a singles guy. So, I don't see how... Yeah, also with the whole lone wolf thing, I don't know how much it would... A lone wolf, and I don't see how you go from a, I'm a stud athlete who played in the NFL, I'm so much better than anybody, to being a Wyatt follower. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just don't yeah. see. And then yeah. once you become a Wyatt follower, how do you go back to yeah. the blue chip character? I just... Because the, yeah. the problem is finding someone with that big, imposing size. I don't see someone small working as a Wyatt. I really don't. You know, fuck, but he's already in a program. Cody Rhodes would be kind of interesting. Stardust. Hmm. Because he's weird as fuck, so yeah. the Wyatt's are weird as fuck. There you go. But uh, I think he he and um, Neville keep that interesting little. Uh, they can have a hell of a match too if they get got some time at SummerSlam. Oh yeah, um, I I like that story. It, it's I know it's not a great story. I know it's not something that's going to get them to the the main event of any show. But it is a story, and it's it interesting. Is, yeah, it's interesting and unique. I like it. Yeah, and I I, I um on this very show on Mother's Day night. I said that Neville wrestled like a superhero. Yep. And apparently I was on to something. Well, back to the uh, the, the program. Yeah. The two S.H.I.E.L.D. members, Reigns and Ambrose, going up against um, the Wyatts and whoever they recruit. My ultimate scenario here, and it could be done because of the the level of hatred and the level of heat that is being brought upon we've recently had a certain legend pass away mm-hmm. and back in the day he used to use a certain gimmick match when teams of people hated each other mm-hmm. and they used to use it in the summertime mm-hmm. I'm thinking war games brother now if you will. it would be a WWE version and what I've never understood why they haven't used it is, okay, the two-ring thing is jangy, and I don't really like it myself. Yeah. But, if you keep the match to a three against three, the mm. fucking hell in the cell works. Perfectly fine. There's yeah. more than enough room for everybody to be out there, um, especially if you're doing huge spots where you kill somebody and they're laying on the floor in between the ring and the cage forever. You can easily work a war games match where one at a time they come down and get into the cell and work a war games match like that. Um, I would love to see them, you know, the field keeps building. The heat keeps building. A regular match can't contain these guys. They're going to rip each other apart. The Wyatts added a new guy to get the advantage. And then either the Monday night raw before or the night of now, it depends on what you go with here. The rumor have you seen the rumor? Yeah. Well, I reported on it here already, so it's fine. The rumor is that Sting is going to be the third member of the S.H.I.E.L.D. team. Um, now, if that is what the case is going to be, 
then you debut Sting again. You bring Sting back out the Monday Night Raw before um, SummerSlam to reveal himself as a surprise third member of uh, the Shields War Games team. And that's also a way to keep Sting, you know, you have Sting come down last, obviously. So he's in the ring for the least amount of time, and that's how you preserve him and work around his age. Um, If that's what it ends up being, then you announce him the Monday night before. Mm-hmm. And that's so that would be that's one of my ultimate scenarios. The other ultimate scenario is you make it look like the shield can't get nobody to work with them because they've already jumped everybody who's on the current roster back when they were the shield. So then what do you do? You have nobody on the current roster that will help you. You need some otherworldly character who's not on the current roster to help you. Do you know of a certain otherworldly ro- person who's not on the current roster that could help them? I'm thinking they bring a demon to this fight. Ooh. Yes, sir. Now you got something. Okay. You count down. You have everybody come out. We're down to Ambrose and Reigns against Wyatt, Harper, and whoever their third partner is. It doesn't look like anybody's going to come out and help him. You have the countdown clock go down. Bell goes off, nobody comes out, oh shit, they can't get anybody, then the lights go out, then the heartbeat starts, everybody fucking knows what's happening because it's a Brooklyn cloud and they're gonna pop like a motherfucker for this, and then, bam, the demon comes out, he has the NXT championship with him, he helps, he whips ass, the good guys win, you put over the NXT champion, you put over the NXT brand, you put over Finn Balor, it's and fucking awesome. And he's going to be in town because of the night before Because anyway. the night before, he will be defending against Kevin Owens. Yes, sir. Ooh. Any day, any day, WWE, you can send me my job offer. I'll fucking do this shit for cheap. Just match what I'm making right now. It's only like 70 grand. Any day, I'll be sending you guys those ideas. Either way. Well, see, the only thing is, I don't... That would pretty much be his main roster debut, and you're kind of running low on people you can have as stars of NXT. It doesn't need to be. He can show up for that one time to kick fucking ass. They'll talk about it on Raw. Holy fucking shit, the NXT champion came and helped Mm. whoop ass. He is super cool. Uh, Watch TNA. Or TNA. (laughs) Fuck no. Watch NXT. He's on that show. Check out the show. And that is why you're not getting more ass. Yeah, right. Exactly. See him kicking more ass. You can can always do it that way and send him right back down. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the idea of, of, of Balor being out there because Balor has proved Balor is ready. Balor was ready for the main roster six months ago. I don't think that's any real secret. Um, oh, and he's uh, a he's a merchandising goldmine too. With oh, with yeah. all the I don't know if you've seen all the products that they have out already for him. Oh but. yeah. Well, I mean, I uh, uh, my wife isn't the biggest uh, isn't the is she gets a little tired of me telling them telling her how awesome so and so is and so and so is and so and so is. I'm like. Just watch this for yeah. like thirty seconds, and the the I guess their violins hit, and the, the mood lighting hits, mm-hmm. and he starts crawling down the stage with with the hair everywhere, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can see her eyes going up, and she's like, "Okay, you might be on to something this time." Oh yeah, that was um how I hooked in uh, D Man and IC Twenty Five Man the first time I got them to watch a live takeover. Oh yeah, he was I think the first match. And he came yeah. out, and they both just text messages, just all caps. Holy fucking shit! That was the yeah. coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. We yeah. told you. Yeah. So we tried to tell you to watch this show. We've been but, telling you for a year now. Let's go ahead and um, 
stop talking about the uh, the obvious, or let's not stop talking about the uh, optimum situation and go ahead and go with what's really gonna happen. Six man tag probably. Sting, uh, I'm fucking pumped about it. Yeah, that'll be cool in and of its own. I just hope that the Shield does their old entrance with their old pro gear and they wear the fucking skull masks out, the half masks, because they're yeah. going into a fight. Because that's what they could do. They could do that too if it was a War Games match. Like you know what I'm saying? Like put on the old like tactical yeah. combat gear and wear the fucking masks out like they're going to war. Oh, it would be so badass. <laughs> but the thing is, I'd kind of like to have it without Sting and just have it be two on two. I mean, I actually wouldn't be. As long as they let him um, have, like, a really intense, like, a brutal match, yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all. I mean, I'm going to be happy to see Sting. I'm going to be glad yeah, he's going to be getting involved in something else. Um, but I would not mind seeing... Yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't mind well, just seeing a straight-up tag match. My problem is, like you said, you do have to work around Sting's limitations. Mm-hmm. That, that's all there is to it. He, he's getting up there. He's He's been up there. The other problem is... Sting is such a special attraction, no matter what he's doing, he's going to overshadow anyone else he's out there with. He just is. Yeah. Also, I really don't want to hear another, like, six months of, so you think we're getting Sting and Wyatt at Mania? Yeah. Because, you know, they're both supernatural, you know. I don't know if you know that, but they are, and that means they should totally fight each other. Be another good place for uh, Finn Balor to debut. Yeah. Mania against Wyatt. I, I, Balor against Wyatt would be um, would be some amazing. One hundred thousand people, oh, doing that that entrance. Anyways, um, a, yeah, a I'm excited for. It. I love I love the program. That's probably my favorite program on Raw right now. I can go with that. I can um, go with that. There's not much else to really cheer for right now. Um, yeah, hey, I, I thought the uh, the tag match on Battleground was bust ass like a motherfucker too. I thought that was real good. Real good action. It wasn't your usual cookie cutter WWE tag match. I mean, there was multiple hot hot tag segments. Yeah. Um, I will give you that you you said a couple of months ago that you thought Darren Young was starting to round into form. He has. He has gotten. He's gone from being just a guy to being. I'm not going to say he's exceptional or anything, but he's he's gotten better. He's gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot better. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely serviceable. Uh, Titus O'Neil still looks lost a lot of the time, but he yeah. plays his role real, real yeah, well. Titus is there to clean house, and make dog sounds, and yeah. I mean he's fi- fucking sound- over. I mean the crowd oh, yeah. shit's a brick. So yeah. and sound very intelligent on commentary. Um, now, then again, he's in a feud with a guy who's probably going to be a PhD by the end of the year, so Titus's intelligence kind of takes a back seat. But, um, the New Day continues to be amazing, by the way. They do. God. They do. Xavier Woods is so funny. Everything they do is so, like... Because I'm all about subtlety. I love subtleties, and, like, there's so many funny fucking just great entertaining subtleties about that team that's just... Yeah. I just love, and it's excellent. My, my, my favorite one, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago on Raw, uh, when I had to keep pointing out to you, like, no, not that segment, this segment, yeah, and you yeah. and you kept missing it. <laughs> so there was, there was seen a, a couple yeah. of weeks ago where um, New Day had won a big match, and they were celebrating earlier in the show, and then the Bellas are shown walking to the ring, and you just see in the background... Biggie carrying yeah. both of them and celebrating. Yeah. They they never <laughs> talk. Night long. The, the camera yeah. doesn't focus on it. The announcers don't talk about it. You just see it off need, in the distance. We need more of that. So this show overall, uh, my review expert. Yes. I was like, holy crap! Like I, at the point we're 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 right at the precipice here, where Owens kicks out of that super AA, and I'm like, holy shit. This is going to end up being an A-grade show for the WWE, the first one since WrestleMania, because 
you know, I thought the finish to that match was going to be deserving of the rest yeah. of the match, and then I had these huge expectations for Brock and Seth. And right from that point forwards, for me, fucking nose dive. Oh yeah, into a canyon. Not only did the plane crash, but it crashed into a canyon, to the bottom yeah. of it, and exploded yeah. all over fucking over. Um, um, I uh, where'd you have it? Where did you think you had the show grade wise at that point? And well, then what did it end up actually getting? The main event really did bring this thing down. Uh, the main event was basically a raw main event, and it was basically a squash. Let uh, Rollins got in some token shots, but and I understand Suplex City—that's like his thing. That's like Lesnar's thing. But like, yeah, Rollins is out there selling them like he knows that you know we're gonna have a non-finish. Which what I mean by that is like shit. Um, yeah, and everybody knew that there was some kind of shenanigans. Uh, you that know, no that's all Lesnar's doing the whole match. He's not even beating his ass. Uh, it, it's just boring, really, and I, kind of I, I just dragged say... out. And then The Undertaker, the most fucking nonsense finish to this thing where The Undertaker shows up, Seth Rollins and the ref are just gone. I'm like, did The Undertaker explode out of Seth Rollins' body and instantly vaporize fucking Seth Rollins and the ref? But Brock Lesnar is not of this world, so he did not become vaporized. What the fuck just happened here? Yeah, and then, it, yeah. You, you said it was a screwy finish. There was no finish. That match yeah. ended. It just stopped happening. Um, I mean, it... <sighs> see, I was getting ready to get on a plane to come back to the states at that point, so I just kind of rolled with it. And then over time, I had an eight and a half hour flight to think about that show. <laughs> and just the more I think and and, about it, uh, and, a, and a gun with no bullets in it <laughs> it's the yeah. worst kind of hell yeah and I'm just like what what did I just watch I mean aside from adding another disc to the probably 37 disc collection of Undertaker returns over the years because that man has returned more often than he's been around um Lesnar like you said to go back to what you said for a second I'm, I've been bored with, with Suplex City since WrestleMania. Okay. They, they look cool, and I loved the Reigns match because had, it had some good drama in it near the end. Yeah. But at this point, he's Scott Steiner from the 2003 Rumble with Charisma. Yeah. It is the same thing over How dare you over. insinuate Scott Steiner doesn't have Charisma. Charisma is the only fucking thing Scott Steiner ever had going for him. <laughs> well, he certainly didn't have any donuts. But anyway. Um, the... Uh, just, I mean, like you said, you can do more than suplex. I mean, I like—I I don't like the matches, but I liked Lesnar when he was, like, busting out Kimuras and, mm-hmm. like, just beating people and not just throwing 16 suplexes a match. I mean, we know you can suplex somebody. Do something else. Um, But uh, the champ got squashed. There's no real way around that. Um, he Rollins did show some fire. Yeah. Uh, in at, at times, which I mean, I, the problem is you're comparing it to the last time these two had a match together, well, a scheduled match together at the Rumble, where where Rollins looked like a Superman. Yeah, match of the year, most likely. Yeah. As uh, it's if not, it's I don't know what beats it. Um, yeah. uh, and then it just it. Other than that, it just kind of, like you said, the match just stopped stopped happening. It didn't finish. It just stopped. Uh, and Undertaker just decides that he's gonna beat Lesnar up then and there. 
Uh, I am so glad off of Raw that they're not trying to make Undertaker heel out of this because that would be about the dumbest thing you could do. It kind of felt like it for a couple of seconds during that segment. Like, yeah. why do you have Undertaker return and then go directly to a ball shot? Like, what the fuck was that? I'm the under, I'm the unkillable fucking Grim Reaper. I kick you in the nutsack. Like, yeah. but, uh, I didn't get that shit. All in all, though, it ended up being forgivable yeah. because the segment on the next night on Raw was, that was great. fucking awesome. Awesome! It was so good, and I also highly enjoyed the fact, and like I said, the subtleties. I noticed the subtleties. I loved how the Wyatts weren't out there, and John Cena was not out there. Right. I don't think Orton was out there either. I really, really liked that that facet of it. Um, Yeah. But the segment was awesome. Paul E. did a fucking excellent job of selling the feud, of selling the match coming up. Like, that was amazing. Um, His interaction with The Undertaker was great. The yeah, whole hit, segment was just fucking the, balls the, the out. The shock on his face when the gong hit was right up there with Vince when that glass shatters. Mm-hmm. And he knows it's about to get violent. He knows he's and, fucked. <laughs> yeah, the best, the thing I liked the most about it, well, maybe not the most, but one of the things I really loved about that was Heyman is in trouble with Undertaker and Lesnar just charges. Yep. Like, yep. there's no... I'm going to slowly walk to the ring. There's no, I'm going to stop here and then T's getting in for a second. It was on. Yep. It yep. was on. It was very on. Yep, it was and awesome. That is, now, the, the thing that worries me, though, was that's what happened with Cena and Lesnar back in 2012, and then Cena was like, eh, I don't know about this. Yeah, true. Now, Undertaker doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's ever going to cower away from anyone, and neither does Brock. So maybe it's going to be... I just don't know how they're going to do this match because you don't... You've seen what happens when Undertaker is concussed out there. Yeah. And you're not going to have Undertaker take 16 suplexes. The guy is like 9,000 years old. Hopefully it'll be a lot... You know, it'll be like their encounter. There'll be a lot of striking. There'll be a lot of big spots. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. Um, So overall, Uh, this notwithstanding, the awesome build... Because, you know, that's on to SummerSlam. One thing I can say about Battleground, the fact that it disappointed me so much, is it feels like it was a fucking year ago at this point it because really of how crazy Raw was and how big the, the hype and build towards yeah. SummerSlam is. Um, and overall, overall, what grade did you end up giving Battleground? I gave it a B-. minus. Okay. Which, um, the main event really hurt that. Yeah. Um, above all else, though, Battleground benefited from having no expectations. And it, and it, was, it was a good show, um, but a lot of it came from the fact that we were, I was expecting, like, fully loaded 98, which was just, like, the most meaningless show and just a way to, to fill in a pay-per-view slot before SummerSlam. Uh, that's not what Battleground wound up being, and that's a very good thing. Um, I mean, you had uh, one of the better Divas pay-per-view matches in a while. Uh, Orton versus Sheamus was totally forgettable, but fine while it lasted. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker appearing... It was exactly what I expected it to be. I'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker returning, it's kind of illogical and kind of like, here we go again, but mm-hmm. it's just cool to see Undertaker. Yeah. Um, the Reigns-Wyatt match and Cena versus Owens were both good, uh, ending to one match aside, though I can live with that a little bit more the more I think about it, especially after Owens' promo on, on SmackDown. Um We'll see what he does on Raw. See how yeah. his, his program with uh, Cesaro ends up shaping up on Raw. I do kind of wish they had a title to fight over, but that's just me. Uh, maybe the U.S. title? That would have been cool. Just, Anyways. Just Though, I will gladly sacrifice that in exchange for more U.S. Open challenges. Kevin Owens could have done the fucking U.S. Open challenge. He has great matches with everybody. 
Don't, yeah, you know what? That... You know what? Don't fucking get me started on this again. We're moving on, goddammit. It's over. I need to forget about it. It's fucking done. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. So, yeah, it was a good show. Uh, not a blow-away show. Nothing I'm ever going to want to watch again. Absolutely but... not. But for what it was, it was fine. Again, the fact that it's ten bucks and pretty much just a bonus. If you get one good match, you pretty much validate watching the whole show at this point. KB, you are part of the problem. It's people like you who say shit like that. So the WWE does the things that they fucking do. I'm joking, uh, but anyways. Uh, uh, keep in mind, for that same price, you also get NXT. That is true. Does that kind that of... Is true. Assuming that they don't... Assuming that WWE still doesn't come to its senses, you're going to get WrestleMania and SummerSlam for that same price. Yeah. Assuming um, they don't wise up in the next couple of months. You want to wise wise some people up onto what they should be watching on that same $10 network? Yes, uh, sir. Go to do um, our recommendation. We have been getting um, a good chunk of possibly the second best year Raw has ever had, which is a shame because nobody was watching it. Um, of 1997. Now, 1997 had one heck of a story called the Border War, which is yeah, which is one of my all time yeah. favorites. Um, but after the Border War, that epic war with Austin against uh, against Hart and company was great, but it was really just a warm up for Austin's real war. Mm-hmm. You know that whole great man. That whole greatest rivalry of all time, Jazz. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to go to Raw on September 22nd, 1997, which was uh, a very big night in general. Uh, for one thing, it was their first Raw in Madison Square Garden, which Madison Square Garden has... I know it's a big deal now. That was a huge deal for them to get the big show in that building, because it had always been in, like, these little, like, 2,000-person arenas in, like, yeah. Poughkeepsie until then, and now they're in the mecca, um, the mecca of all wrestling, uh, especially for their company, and they put on one heck of a show uh, in uh, in between. There was the opening couple of matches of an Intercontinental title tournament. Uh, you also have Bret Hart versus Goldust, which, nice. was, which was a better match than... It's about as good as you would expect it to be. Um, but... Uh, there were two things on that show that really carried it. One, Austin and Vince have their first official showdown. And uh, we also get the worst stunner, the worst selling of a stunner in the history of the this The worst planet. and the best. <laughs> With Vince just, like, falling over Austin and... Just flopping and crumpling everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I'm still not sure why he sold it that way, but... Mick Foley has made fun of it for years. And for speaking years. of Foley, and speaking of Foley, you get the match that people remember from that show. Uh, originally, Dude Love, but that didn't last long, against Triple H in a street fight. A New York City street fight, baby! With, uh, with a beginning, with a segment beforehand that I won't spoil for you. But it's an all-time great. It is. It's one of those things where... You you have to see it to really appreciate how yeah. good it was. How good it was. So check that and show out. And how the crowd pops with each new level that it goes to. It's fucking excellent. And then because an excellent, excellent hardcore match that followed up yeah. with that. One of the first ever hardcore matches in the company. Yeah. As well, not the first because the first was uh, a couple of weeks earlier with uh, tech, with um, Mick Foley against Terry Funk. 
<laughs> that fucking match that was like 40 minutes long and fucking ridiculous as fuck. I remember that match. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. It, it, it made no sense. but No was... sense at all. But they worked forever and went crazy on each other. I remember it. But anyways, back to what you're recommending. Yep, it sounds yeah, it like is, a great show. It is Monday Night Raw, September 22nd, 1997. And remember, that's under Raw replays. Because just calling it freaking Raw is too complicated. Yeah. I'd like to complexify things on there. Um, my show is from... I won't even say arguably. It is the greatest couple of years in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. It is the time period between October 1998 and WrestleMania 18 was so fucking incredible and so loaded and so many of the all-time greats in their primes or later in their careers making contributions. It all comes together and you just get show after great show after great show and great storylines and just everything. My show is smack dab in the middle of all that. It's fully loaded, 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a, a fantastic triple uh, triple main event with an in-their-prime Triple H versus Chris Jericho, an in-their-prime The Rock versus Chris Benoit, an in-their-prime Kurt Angle against The Undertaker. Um, just a fantastic show and a bust-ass, brutal steel cage intercontinental title match between Val Venus and Rikishi. Um with another spot that has to be seen to be believed. Yes, absolutely. And actually, and another match that's, uh, that's kind of under underlying, but it was also was had great intense crowd heat was um, the tag team championship match, uh, the Acolytes against uh, Edge and Christian, where okay. it's a it's a hometown, it's Dallas Christian Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas, um, mm-hmm. and Edge and Christian cut the, you know the typical talking shit about the local teams in Texas and Bradshaw is a native Texan he comes out there and just gives a a pro- promo that is so intense and so real that I was just waiting for him to say fuck or call them a pussy or something because you could tell he wanted to and it was it's just a great emotion fueled match and promo um the whole night is a really hot crowd a bunch of great matches definitely check that one out Yes, it is. It is, um, and uh, it, it it's one of those shows where you can see the future is here. Uh, I mean, you've got Triple H and Jericho would go on to headline WrestleMania. Angle and Undertaker should have headlined WrestleMania in two thousand six, um, but Eddie Guerrero had to put on a mask and win the world title instead. Um, and just and then I mean, Rock versus Benoit. I don't think you really need an explanation for why that's going to be good. Um, it, it is a very, very good card with a one of the most stacked lineups ever for a show that not many people are going to remember. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we head off in the sunset, didn't you just release another another book? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, and it's one uh, after your own heart. It is the first volume of the full sale years of NXT. Yeah. With uh, I mean, we we talk a lot on here about how people like Bray Wyatt and. Rollins and Ambrose and Reigns and people like that are all inheriting the future. Well, this is where they got their start. This is when they were debuting, and it was just like, we've heard a lot about this guy, and here he is. Um, you've got Bailey on there, you've got Charlotte, you've got um, the Ascension, you've got uh, yeah, Rollins. The, re- the real Ascension. you got Seth yes. Rollins putting on great matches. you got got um, 
you've got Big E when he was the most awesome thing in the world. Yeah, imagine that. It is a real thing. I yeah. believe me, he was amazing back then. Th- this um, is the, mo- the, the yeah. Real quick, this is the moment where I. Th- it also has the moment that I knew NXT was something special. The Shield had just formed. Seth Rollins was the NXT champion, and the Shield beats down pretty much the entire locker room. They beat down like fifteen guys by themselves. Yeah. And I remember saying, in a real wrestling promotion, the unstoppable monster would come out now and stare down the shield, and here comes Big E. It was a great and, moment. And the neck, and before the show is over, Dusty Rhodes comes out and says, next week, Rollins and Big E for the NXT Championship. Do you need anything else? Nope. It was where that is how, that know, is how our wrestling love works. for the show was, was born back yep. then, and it's a real cool 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 look back into things so definitely worth checking out yes sir oh, man, uh, go ahead it's um just a quick plug for it, it is uh, if you look up kb history nxt on amazon it is available worldwide on amazon um we get the cha- uh the name under it will be thomas hall uh which is what kb is short for um if you uh i've got uh, a bunch of other i've got a bunch of other ebooks um Pretty much a little bit of everything: ECW pay-per-views, every uh, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, a bunch of Nitros, uh, in your house, uh, a history of the WWE Championship. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff in there that you guys might want to check out. It is, and the book is three ninety nine in America and whatever that equates to worldwide. So fucking a. I don't have anything to plug because you guys listen to it. I've been drinking Blue Powerade during this entire show, and it's delicious. So. Uh, yeah. Do Go that. buy Blue Powerade. Do that. Blue Powerade. It's delicious. Do it, baby.